0: and welcome back to the SLP Corner Podcast episode number seven. I am really excited about this episode because I've been thinking a lot lately since we're in the midst of a global pandemic. So I've really been thinking of ways that I could help parents at home and what types of podcasts would be the most beneficial. So I really I'm really trying to target my Instagram post, my blog post, and my podcast to helping parents be able to implement some of these things at home because a lot of parents are now they're not only parents, they're not only working in their other jobs, but they're now they're also homeschool teachers and that's a lot on anybody's plate. So I really just want to serve you as much as possible with the tools that I have and the information that I have. So hopefully this all helps. So today's topic is on different types of learners. I was thinking today that it's so important even before beginning to teach a child, to explain something, to begin a therapy session, to try to teach your child homework in the evening, to think about how does my child learn? How best can I accommodate their learning style and their preferences? Because once you can target their learning style effectively, that is where the learning is going to take place in the most productive efficient way so it's really important to think about what type of learner a child is and it's also important to think of what type of learner are you i i think it's really helpful to think about that when you're learning anything in life whether it's something for your job or it's a new hobby or activity it's important to think how do i learn this does it help for me to memorize it over and over again does it help for me to see it visually does it help for me to see someone else do it or maybe i just need to be thrown into something and then i can learn by doing it's these are all important considerations to think about when you're teaching someone and when you're a learner as well so i thought that since you're all having to teach your children homework you're having to do a lot of more therapy tasks at home it would be really helpful to talk about this today a lot of you are probably familiar with um the hannon program. It's a common um, a therapy approach. It's a parent program. It's directed for parents. They have the Hannon More Than Words program. They also have the Hannon It Takes Two to Talk program. So the Hannon More Than Words program, the authors discuss five different types of learning styles. I've kind of covered this already, but just when you're thinking about a learning style, you want to focus on how your child best acquires and integrates new information. So do they like it drawn out? do they need to practice doing it themselves? Discovering what learner type your child is will just aid in working on their goals and making huge gains in their speech language and communication. And if the only thing is just helping with their homework or helping with the homeschooling, that's amazing because I do not blame you if there is not enough time to be working on all of the things that need to be done. It's a very busy and stressful time. And I never want this podcast to be something that would stress a parent out i want it to just i kind of want you to take what you want and leave the rest so if there's a little nugget you're going to implement one thing i'm so glad and i feel like that is my goal i don't expect you to take in every single thing i said that's the beauty of a podcast you can also come back and listen to it over and over again so whenever you're feeling ready to implement a certain thing then that's great yeah so basically it's just important to remember that children and adults not only have a learning style but they can have more than one learning style so it's often common to combine different learning approaches so maybe combining visual and auditory this can really help improve learning outcomes all right let's dive into the different types of learners so there are five types of learners and after each learner that i discuss i'm going to talk about how to help because this information is only so helpful if you if you know what to do to help once you know the learner because just knowing the learner is not really enough to that's you're probably thinking okay i know the learner now what so i have uh, ways to help with each different learning style so for the first learner it is called a rote learner this is very common for children with autism and it's when they memorize pieces of information by rote so they have word for word memorization they memorize lots of information when they're very young. So they might know the entire alphabet at a very young age. That's not typical. And it's almost surprising, the information that's coming out of them. People would be shocked that this young, young child knows all of this information or is, is producing all of this information because it's not always that they know it. It's very common that they actually don't comprehend everything that they're saying. And it's also very common for a rote learner to memorize many facts on very, very specific topics when they're older. So they might know everything about geography, or they might know everything about a TV show, or they might know everything about a person that they're very interested in. So how to help. If this is your child's learning style, they're going to learn best from activities or lessons that are done the same way each time. So it's very common for adults I know I do I feel this way a lot I always want to vary it up I want I always think kids would love a change and routine and a, a new fancy lesson plan or a new way of doing something will get them excited and engaged but that's not the case for all children and if your child's a rote learner that they're actually going to be learning the best from from repetition and things done in similar ways. So in in a lot of ways, this can actually be seen as um, easier for you because you don't have to change up the lesson every single day for your child. Actually, they might learn it if you do it in a similar way every day. So just thinking, how to best teach them is probably to be giving them activities that are in a way that they can learn to memorize if you will so they they can learn to predict and memorize that type of pattern and you can really use their strengths when you're teaching them so the next Mm. is gestalt learner gestalt gestalt sounds are hard words are hard i don't know correct me i'm wrong i think it's gestalt learner This is very common for children with autism, and it's when they memorize chunks of information without comprehension of the smaller parts. So, if you say to your child a lot, put it on the table, put it on the table, and this is a common pattern for you to say to them, there, they might start learning, they might start overgeneralizing, and they might think, put it on, always means on the table. So if you change it and you say put it in the sink, they heard put it, and now they've generalized put it because they memorized chunks with on the table. So they might put everything on the table, but really you said put it in the sink, put it in the closet, put it on the carpet. So just, um, they they you might notice this pattern with them if this is your type, if your child is this type of learner. And that's just because they memorize the chunk, so they're memorizing that put it includes more the word the meaning of put includes put it on the table and they generalize that entire meaning and they're not deciphering those meaningful parts in a phrase they also might start talking by repeating entire sentences while other children would tend to talk um, they would tend to begin to talk by just saying individual words and then slowly with time moving on to bigger phrases so first they would have one word mama Then they move on around the ages of two, they start saying mama up, they start having two words, and then they just proceed to have longer phrases. However, kids who are just taught learners, they actually begin, um, they start, begin repeating entire sentences when they're very young. And the last thing I'm gonna say about this type of learner is that they tend to recall almost everything about a situation but they really struggle to decipher what is important to remember and what isn't important to remember. So just how they generalize a big chunk of words, they generalize it as one meaning, they might, they might um, struggle to pick out the meaningful parts of a phrase, they're also gonna struggle to pick out the meaningful parts of an experience. So, how to help you're really going to want to break down the parts of a sentence that your child seems to have memorized. You're going to want to show them the various meanings of something. So, for example, if they associate the word more with more food, so they think more food is a meaningful chunk and that means food, they they don't understand that there's lots of ways more can be used, more hugs, more music, more play. You're going to just want to start exposing um them to various experiences with the word more and all of the meanings that it can have. So when you're playing, if you you know that they're they want to play more, but playtime's over, you could really focus on oh more play. You want to play more, and start to show them that oh more means there's extended time in this or more means you can have extra of this so just using it with lots of different experiences especially when they're very motivated like if they do want more play or they do want more cookies or they do want more music or more book reading really focus and and use that motivation to build on their knowledge of what more means so you're going to want to take that chunk and separate it same goes for a word like put This can be a common one. So a child might have generalized the meaning of put and they think that put always means put on shoes. They don't know that put actually has a lot of different ways it can be used. It could mean put in the bath, put in the water, put on the shelf, put on the carpet, put on your hat. So you're gonna want to really Show them the different ways put could be used and really develop and facilitate that understanding Okay, the next is visual learners. So visual learners. This is very very common with I think all people I mean, it's very common for people to learn by seeing but this is also very very common for children with language language challenges. This is because it's it's um if you're having a hard time understanding what someone is saying then what will help you to understand is to see what they're doing. Or if you're having language is very closely intertwined with literacy and reading. So if you're having a really hard time reading something, then it's really going to help you to see. So children who are visual learners, they're going to prefer preferentially enjoy looking at books, pictures, TVs, movies, anything with lots of visuals are really going to be um, steered towards and they're very very interested in that. They're also going to learn a lot better by seeing rather than strictly hearing. So if you notice that when they have a visual in front of them and you're explaining it and they have that aha moment and you, you might think, okay, I think that visuals really help them, they might be a visual learner. How to help. When you're discussing novel topics, try to present new information with an image or a picture, because this is really gonna aid in their understanding. So I always like to tell parents, I know you might see that SLPs or teachers have lots of these fancy laminated pictures. Do not worry about that. We have those resources because this is our job to have those types of resources prepared. But as a parent, you know what you need, your phone and a notebook and a pen, or one or the other. I think if you had to choose, choose a phone. And luckily, a lot of you already have that on you. So that's perfect. My favorite example of this is when I went to I went on a little social outing with a child I was working with last last uh, last fall and we went to the grocery store and he had his little kiddo with autism and I we wanted to practice him going to the grocery store so he could go to the grocery store with his mom and he could really learn about how to appropriately go to the grocery store, what's expected of you at the grocery store, what is unexpected of you to be to do at the grocery store, and just all of the different factors that go into someone going to a grocery store. So w- when we went in, I noticed one of the first things that he was struggling with was he found his cart, the kid's cart, and he was pushing the shopping cart, and I found something on our list, and I said, oh, Here's the crackers, and I'm going to put the crackers in the shopping cart, and he became very upset, and just one side note, when a child becomes upset, as I mentioned in my most previous podcast before this one, it was on how to, how to um, sort of deal with and navigate challenging behaviors, you want to figure out why is this behavior happening, no one likes becoming upset. There's most often a reason and a very good reason on why a child is upset. And, it, and often when they're, they're really having that emotional reaction, it's because they, they do struggle with language and they do struggle with speech and communication and they can't just use their words. So often they, they do have to, they have this more emotional experience when they are trying to get something across. So I thought, okay, maybe he doesn't understand what a shopping cart is for. And it turns out, I I thought, okay, I'm gonna Google shopping cart and show him that food does go in a shopping cart. So maybe he just needs that visual example of what's expected of a shopping cart. And I showed him the visual with the food in it. From just I just googled it, so this is why I think always have your phone on. you can quickly Google something if they're having if someone's feeling upset if your child's feeling upset or confused, you could quickly google a lot of a lot of different visuals to come up really quickly to just show them and he had kind of an aha moment he was like, oh, and then and then we kept putting and then he was enjoying that that's what the carts for. He knew that his role was very important because he was the pusher of the food that's very, very important, and he was very excited so. I always, I always really want to encourage parents to utilize what, what they already have on them, and then I also something that really helps is just drawing it out. So whether that's a visual schedule, drawing out your day first, breakfast, then then reading, then nap, then snack, or if uh, something that I find parents often talk about that can be a really ch- a big challenge for them and for their kiddo is when they're getting dressed in the morning and that routine before school can often be pretty pretty hard. So. I, what I find works with kids really well is drawing out or if you do this every day, then laminating it so you can keep that same visual every day and you can just use a dry erase marker and erase it. But if you notice you you're went to an outing and your child's having a really hard time with kind of getting ready to go, just draw out what, the, what do they need to do before they go. They need to put their shoes on. Maybe they need to sit down first, put their shoes on. They need to put their hat on. They need to zipper up their coat. And so just kind of draw out piece by piece what they need to do. And then one by one as they do it, you can cross it out. So this just really breaks down kind of a complex concept for them of getting ready to go. And it's calming to know what's happening and know what's going on next. So this can really make a big difference with kids, especially if they're a visual learner. and. I like to use visuals for everything and I like to just assume that most people will benefit from that visual. Next is hands-on learner. So, I mean, I also really associate myself with a hands-on learner. Hands-on learners enjoy fixing things. They enjoy touching, swinging back and forth, pushing buttons, trying things out. They learn by doing, which is also called a kinesthetic learner. They learn by doing, by touching, by feeling, by manipulating certain things. So how to help, you want to allow them the freedom to touch, feel, manipulate objects and toys to make mistakes, try, try and try again, and and just give them that freedom, toys that children can operate with their hands that are really good for this, that will help them acquire new information about the world and allows them that feeling of trial and error and cause and effect are wind up toys, toys with buttons pull-back-and-go cars, where you pull them back and they shoot ahead. Those can be really good for kids who like to learn by doing. Um, I mean, the same goes for food. I always talk about this when parents are um, wanting to know more about feeding. Before a child can eat food, it's really important that they can play and mess up the food and, and touch the food and smell the food and try the food and and just experience the food because they need to have that hands-on experience with the food before they're going to want to eat it, especially if they're a picky eater. So it's really important to give your child that freedom to play with the food and and really just see what it's all about. So this is one other reason, now I'm going on a little side note about food, but I, I don't really like, and I've heard a lot of SLPs say they do not recommend the food pouches that you can't see the food. You can't the food and you can't, it's those plastic pouches where you, uh, the child kind of squeezes on it and it pushes into their mouth. These are obviously very helpful when you're on the go or something like that, but you don't want to use them a lot because it takes out so many of the sensations that are associated with food, like smelling, feeling, seeing, touching. It, It removes most of your senses. It's almost like sensory deprivation eating. So all this to say hands-on learning in all areas of life is very helpful for kids who who seem to really really learn the best by 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 trying things out themselves which is a lot of kids so overall I would just say when you're presenting new information to your child just allow them to physically try it out allow them to put their shoes on allow them to try to brush their teeth allow them to put their seatbelt on just they're not gonna get it right away and that's okay, just small small wins, you know? Like, they're they're trying new things, they're having new experiences, and by trying and failing, they're learning so much. Okay, my last learner type that I'm gonna discuss is the fifth type of learner, and it's an auditory learner. So, an auditory learner is learning best by hearing. This is pretty unusual for children with autism or language difficulties to have as their primary learning style. That being said, I always, really want to urge that you you always have your you always have that auditory aspect with everything so if it's a visual if it's learning by doing whatever it is you want to also be pairing that with that auditory component so don't remove that auditory component just because you think your child is more of a visual learner it's very good to pair it so they're associating the meaning with the language so, so a child who might be more of a, their primary learner type might be auditory, is when they're enjoying, they just enjoy talking and they enjoy listening to others talk. So they really seem to enjoy that. And they can listen for a long time and they, and they seem to like it. So how to help these types of children? I need to take my own advice because you really don't want to speak too fast. And I, I struggle with this, as you can probably tell, and I'm working on it. I'm sorry, Mom, she's always, <laughs> commenting on how quickly I speak I tend to speak quickly when I get very excited and passionate about something and if you haven't noticed I'm very passionate about speech-language pathology so when you're trying to help a child who is more of an auditory learner you really want to have a clear concise speech Um, you want to have clear concise speech and you want to speak at a rate that is not very fast But that being said, as I mentioned, you wanna pair it with other pieces of information like visual and hands-on learning. So those are all my types of learners. A quick review, we had rote learners, we had gestalt learners, visual learners, hands-on learners, and auditory learners. So I really, really hope that you found this helpful, that you learned something new and you have a takeaway. Like I said before, I, I just want you to take what you want and leave the rest. If you, if you leave this podcast with having one new piece of information, then I feel that my goal has been achieved and all I wanna do is just give you some more tools that you can use in your everyday life to just help things help things run smoothly, especially during this really stressful time. If you looked into these learner types, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me, shannon at slpcorner.com or you can comment on my Instagram or DM me at slpcorner. I would love to hear from you. I love hearing stories from parents. It honestly just brightens up my day. So that being said, I will see you next Monday. And if you could rate and review this podcast, that would make me really happy. So I will see you next Monday. Bye.